On this week's episode of the Jazz Nation podcast, we are switching things up big time. The Utah Jazz are on a bus right now heading to full-on Collapse Town, USA, and we are ready to talk about it. Me and the assistant to the host, Will Wonder, are joined by a special guest to discuss what's wrong with the Utah Jazz. Is Rudy Gobert the problem? Is Donovan Mitchell the problem? Or is it possible that Coach Quinn Snyder is the actual problem? We talk all of this in this week's episode. We appreciate you for listening, and, but you know what? That's enough talk for now. Let's end this intro. It's time to get into this week's edition of the Jazz Nation Podcast. All right, and welcome into this week's edition of the Jazz Nation Podcast. My name is Daniel. I am the admin of all those Jazz Nation pages you're following on TikTok, Instagram, what else is there? Facebook, Twitter. The links can, for all those can be found in one simple spot. Just go to linktree.com forward slash Jazz Nation News. And as always, I'm here with the assistant to the host, Will Wonder. How's it going, sir? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me back again. Uh, I'm the assistant to the host on all those social media pages, MySpace, Farmers Only, all of that. So check that out as well. All right. Uh, that was weird. Um, so this week's podcast is going to be... A little different than the last couple episodes. Because why? Why? But why? I'm sure, everyone's noticed that. Um, what's the What's the best way to put this? The sky's falling. <laughs> Shit's hitting the fan right now in in Jazz Nation. Um, so we decided to make this a emergency change things up pod. We're just kind of gonna wing it here and stuff. Uh, just going over the jazz and how things are going right now. And it's. Uh, I think I think you all know it's it's not so pretty right now. So. Uh, We've brought in a friend of ours who, you know, we all, you're, everyone has those group of friends or family. You have like a group text going on and there's always that one person that you're just like, man, he is just always crazy on it and crazy. He's over just dramatic strong. over, okay. over, I don't know, not over dramatic, but he is always just this, you know, the world's ending. The team's terrible. Wow. They won one game. What do you freaking do? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, to be, and I'll be honest here, folks. That's a lot of people I see on social media this past week. So. I thought he would be the perfect person to represent a lot of folks right now. This is our friend, Luis. Hello, Luis. Hello. Um, welcome to the podcast. So uh, Luis is going to represent a lot of you folks out there that are just like, F this team, F this all, and F that. So mm-hmm. Sky is here. falling. The world is ending. Um, before we get into it, we're going to go ahead and do our kind of introduction questions that we do with every guest here on the pod. So uh, when we ask you this question, just answer it. The first thing that comes to your mind. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, great. What is your favorite fast food place? Chipotle. What is your favorite dine-in restaurant? Uh, Teppanyaki. Mm. Who is your all-time favorite band or artist or maybe your top three? Uh, I think my favorite right now would be Kendrick Lamar. So that's your all-time favorite then? Yeah, I think so. Ooh. That's, I think so. Uh, your fa- all-time favorite movie? Ooh, that's a tough one. Probably, I would say Fast and the Furious. Ooh, which one though? Is it just the first one? The original. Okay. Nothing beats All the right. original. All right, perfect. Your current favorite TV show, like what What would you suggest maybe for someone to watch? Like on network TV or Netflix or what? I mean, it's all the same now. It's all streaming in some way. So. Uh, Ozarks. Your Mount Rushmore of NBA players. Well, first of all, how many people are on the Mount Rushmore? I don't that would even know be that. four. That would be four. You don't, that's, oh my God. Well, MJ, Kobe. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I don't think you can really put anybody up there other than those two, I guess. One of the classics is... Chamberlain, got to put him up there, and Magic. All right, there we go. Kind of disappointing list because you're just putting names on there based on their history, and you didn't really have Mount Rushmore. Yeah, that's kind of. I mean, Mount Rushmore. This is the guy that represents our Jazz Nation <laughs> social media over dramatic. I right thought now, I so. thought you were gonna say, oh, you don't even have a single Jazz player on there. 
Well, we'll get, we'll get to that later. But <laughs> okay. Um, okay, the final question that is always different each time, and I'm just thinking something off the top of my head. What's a good question to ask here? Um, I don't know. Do you have one, maybe, assistant? I'll let you maybe pick up one. Oh, well, I'm, I'm glad you let me know that before we started recording. Okay, uh, let's see. If you were a car, any type of car, what would you be? Uh, I think you guys are familiar with this, but I had this in high school. It was orange. You guys referred it as the orange tang. Mm-hmm. So a Mustang Mach 1. What year was that? Remember? What year was that Mustang? 1970? Yeah, it was a beaut. All right, I like it. See, that's what you get if you're not preparing me. I could have thought of a really good question. but a really you... weird question. Like, what car would you be? Like, what transformer would <laughs> yeah, you be? Yeah, All right, That's sure. on you, though, host. I'm the assistant to the host. That's why he's the, the assistant, not... <laughs> Not any other title. All right, well, He's just the assistant to the host. All right. Um, let's just quickly. I'm just. We're gonna just get this over with. These last few games for the Jazz have been so much fun. Just quickly, they went to Dallas. They lost in Dallas. Um, the weirdest thing about that game is that, like, maybe 40 minutes before tip off, all of a sudden Rudy's not playing. Yeah, that ruined my prediction. And Shout yeah, that Rudy. was really weird. Um, so the Jazz lost to Dallas. Then they go to the Clippers, and everyone's playing in that game. Boyan's back. Um, Dan, Dan. Daniel House is his Dan, name. Yep. You know what? So here's – I have to correct you on something because oh this game God. was actually on TNT. So those are professional professional broadcasters. Okay. And they were not saying Daniel. What were they saying? They were saying, like, Daniel House. No. I Did you watch the game? Yeah. Daniel. I'm pretty sure it's, it's Daniel. All right. Well – one of these days, maybe he'll be on the podcast and yell at me or yell at you for I this. Hope but anyways, they were they were both back. Trent Forrest was still out, and I think uh, old what's his name was out too. The big guy that I can't white side. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but it didn't really matter because it was just another jazz game where they were up and then they ended up losing the game. So. But how much were they up? Let's. Um, we need to touch on that. Go ahead if you want to say that. Well, just tell me. I really don't know. Who cares? They 20. were up and then they lost. It was over 20. Uh, it was so, 25 points. So Paul George coming we're, back. We're, why are we doing a deep dive? We're just supposed to get. Oh, sorry. Quickly. Sorry. Go. I thought. Okay. I, I, think no, we, I think this game was the beginning of the end for them. Oh, I mean, it's not the end, but we're just pretty close. Anyway, okay. there. Thunder. It's getting cloudy. Next, okay. Here's a, here's one that we can go a deep dive in. The next game, they play the Lakers and win. Why are we going to do a deep dive? Okay. On this? Without they be, LeBron. They beat the Lakers. With uh, Bruno Mars sitting on the sideline over there. That's Anthony Davis. He looked like him over there. His little afro. Uh, okay. Anyways. Um, Jesus. So, yeah, we beat the Lakers, and, you know, it was it was fun to win. And then to okay. round out the week, they make a trip to San Francisco to play the Warriors of Golden State. And wouldn't you know, it happens again. They were up. You felt good. I even remember saying, They were hey, up 21. Like, yeah good amount and i was like look at us go and then all of a sudden it was over and we lost and um, that's without steph who's obviously yeah curry didn't play and uh you know honestly the playoffs. clay only had like a decent game and draymond was just i'm, I'm gonna draymond. say i'm gonna say 36 points is a solid game from clay yeah. Yeah, i mean yeah <laughs> jordan pool added 31 it's um yeah i mean they, <laughs> they were up 21 points yeah so that was the week we, I, we don't need to go into a deep dive over it because it all equals extreme frustration at this point for everyone that's a Jazz fan because you don't even know what to say at this point. I mean, for me, I try and say as positive as I can with all this. I'm sure you're all aware of, and it kind of pisses a lot of people off. But at this point, it's just like, what the hell is going on? You know, I was trying to say, you know, they're on that long road trip. They get back home. They can rejuvenate and be happy. 
And they did. They won the one game, and then they went back on the road again and just <laughs> fell back into that hole. So how, you guys can go ahead and say your – go ahead, do your quick dive thoughts on this past week. We'll start with you. So the here. so the Mavs game, uh, you know, with the late scratch for Rudy, that was kind of weird. I don't know. Did they, did they ever say why he was scratched, what the real reason was? They, they had some kind of pain thing. I don't know. It's just okay. – that is – it's just really – you know, the weird thing is, so with injuries, I'm sure we're all aware of, usually they'll put out the list the day of or the morning saying probable or yep. something, but he was always he available. He was yeah. always ready to go, and then all of a sudden he wasn't, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, as a team, it's essentially a bad game for everybody. Like, your leading scorer, I think, was Rudy Gay, 18 points. You're not going to beat anybody if Rudy Gay is your leading scorer with 18 points. Uh, Donovan in that one had 12. Like you said, long, you know, long road stretch there and then the Clippers like this is the one I was I don't I don't even know what the word is I'm not even a jazz fan and I was like super let down I was befuddled on how this happens so Donovan great game by Donovan 33 points Rudy I I, I think I've said this a hundred thousand times when I when I have discussions with jazz fans that the issues that I truly have uh, with Gobert is on the offensive side of things. I know he's your defensive anchor. He's a great defensive player, yada, 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 which is great. Uh, but what he what he can't do on the offensive end, and I think also in turn what his uh, teammates don't believe he can do, because there's times in games where he's wide open under and no one will pass him the ball. Uh, and, you know, there's probably reason for that. And, and, and how much of that do you think is is the coach, is the offense not running through him, not having set plays designed for him. I almost wouldn't even run anything for Rudy. I mean, you can do some screen and roll action. Where he needs to score is getting those offensive boards, getting them back in, screen and rolls. Um, I don't think you necessarily design anything specifically for him because he's he's not a good offensive player. But, but what about when you're playing these teams that aren't big, like let's say Golden State, for example. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you utilize him? In a better way to if get he if more. he had any kind of real offensive, excuse me, offensive move set, then yeah, there's no hook shot. There's and I've been saying it for years about him. If he could develop a baby hook, if he could get a 15 footer on the offensive side when things are tight, he's unless you're doing a screen and roll, he's not beneficial on the floor uh, offensively. And, and that's just my opinion. Obviously, people can say what they want. His um, you know ratings or say. Possibly, you know, the advanced stats say a little different, so maybe I'm just wrong. But that's how I feel when he's on the floor in those clutch situations. It's just you're not going to pass him the ball because they have little faith in him offensively, and it's because he just doesn't have a move set. There's nothing he can – no hook, no little jumper. There's there's nothing – like tell me what Rudy Gobert's patented offensive move is. Okay, we're going to put a pause on this because you guys are going off into a thing that we're going to say for later. So oh, okay. Let's, are, are we Let done? me go to the next game. So, oh, yeah. all right. So that uh, – uh, did you have anything you wanted to add to the – Clippers game. Clip, oh, oh, Paul George. So I, I had said Paul George was going to take some time to work his way back. And, uh, man, he looked very impressive. It took about one quarter, and then he was all of a sudden – Yeah, it was like he had never left. He hadn't played since December. I have a uh, another, you know, um, theory behind the Jazz as to the issues that they have, but I'm not. I don't know if we want to dive into that right now. It's more of a, a whole team thing. I'll save it for a second. Okay, um, but yeah, Paul George, amazing. I mean, Reggie Jackson drops 21 on him. Luke Kennard has a decent game. It's uh, it that was an awful loss, and it and it was shades of the uh, playoffs last year. I, I just think in that game that was interesting when they started coming back. We 
did nothing, nothing to adjust. We just continued to pretend like we were going to outshoot them, outscore them. And then when we couldn't, that's when we, we ended up just dropping the ball. Honestly, it was, nobody was playing defense. There wasn't a hard foul to kind of reset the tone. There was nothing. They, we just let them do what they wanted. And we started getting beat in the perimeter. They were dropping threes all over the place. Paul George was doing what he wanted. It's incredible. Like you said, for him to do it in, in a couple of minutes and, he ended up, what did he end up with on that, in that game? 30, 30, 34. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. How do you do that on your first game back, right? You think you'd have to get your legs back and all that stuff. And he just went off for 34. And part of it is, I just don't think anybody was defending him. It was just kind of, oh, he's not going to do anything. And then lo and behold, you look at the end of the game and he has 34 points on us. Incredible. Okay. Next game. <laughs> you guys want to talk about the Warriors game or your uh well we we'll skip the Lakers game like that the, the the beating the Lakers in Utah without LeBron obviously no Davis there's no reason they shouldn't have won the only thing about I quickly about that game is that it was pretty I was pretty let down that it was even close at all like the fact that it was it took I mean it, to like, up, it took to like the last four minutes of the game for the Jazz to kind of start pulling away and I was like this come on it ended up being a thirteen point win which is yeah fine Mitchell and then look at Gobert in this game twenty five points seventeen boards. Mitchell, 29 points. Your guy, Daniel House, five off the bench. But, you know, he's not – that's not his – I don't think they're expecting him to come off and, and give a lot of offense. But good win. I mean, you, that's a team – that's a game you should win uh, along, I think, with the Clippers. But maybe it's a mental lapse with the Clippers. When you jump into the Warriors game, I didn't get to watch the whole game. Obviously, there was the uh, Final Four. There was WrestleMania for all those who care. But I got a – I watched some of the highlights. I watched some of the um, – you know, each uh, as much of the uh, plays as I could. Donovan did well. Conley had a decent game. But when you look at the rest of the team, you know, Boyan, the big thing was when the Jazz were losing, oh, we don't have Boyan. We don't have another offensive threat. Well, Boyan's here, 17 points. Um, and he, he was left open in the corner a couple of times. The For whatever reason, Golden State decided to help off. And they adjusted to it, took Boyan out of the game, essentially, defensively, or offensively, I should say. Um, but look at the rest of the team. Clarkson, 14 points, nothing from Royce. I don't think you're expecting many points from Royce, but uh, zero is probably less than what you would like for him to have. Did he have any rebounds at least? Six boards, two assists. Yeah. Uh, Daniel House, three points off the bench. Wancho, five off the bench. Hassan Whiteside, two. It's just a pretty bad performance for the rest of the team, right? Uh, and one, two, three. Played nine players and which is fine, but at the same time, you're not getting anything from anybody else besides Conley, Donovan, and then obviously Rudy, 20 boards is solid. And how you let this team, Jordan Poole can, can score, Clay Thompson, 36 points, two guys on this team, two perimeter players, 31 points and 36 points respectively. They blow a 21-point lead. So for the person I that was actually watching the game, the, the Jazz toward the end of the game, there was a play that pretty much just summed it up that they were just getting the L. Like, they were we were only down, I think, two or so. They were still in it, and we went to just pass the ball in, and, like, either Boyan slipped or something. But, like, basically the ball went completely out of bounds, and Warriors got it and scored again. So it was just – was for everyone that saw that play, it was just kind of like the model. Like, yep, this is summing up this week for us. So, uh, yeah. And um, – I know our, our our guest over here wants to probably talk about Donovan in that game because you're you're highlighting Donovan right now about how he was the score and stuff. So go ahead, get off your chest real quick. How you felt about Donovan in the game? Yeah, 
with Donovan, I mean, he did nothing in that second half. What did he, what did he have? Three three made baskets in the second half. Mm. So again, again, that goes even tying it back to the Clippers game and and even the Mavs game. It's it's almost like we get up, they get complacent, and then they, it you go to to ISO ball. I don't know how many times in the Clippers game they try to give the ball to uh, Donovan and he tried to go ISO every single time. I, and players would just stand around and do nothing. They'd just watch him go. And then it was, it either end up in a turnover, a bad shot. I mean, he had a, a was that the game where he had the mental lapse where he got, uh, he pulled the Chris Webber? Was that it? Was that, that was the game, wasn't it? The Not the Warriors game, no. That, that was the Clippers. The Clippers. Yeah, Clippers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yep. Yeah, so, so I think, I don't know, maybe there's just something not clicking with Donovan ever since the, the All-Star break with that mysterious, uh, I'm not playing in the All-Star game because I'm sick or something like that. I mean, maybe it was just something else that's that's going on with him, but I, I just don't think that he's been performing to the level that we're expecting him. He, he's putting up points, but it's he's jacking up 30 shots almost every single every single game, and you're not getting it. The biggest thing for me is you're just not getting that consistency from anybody else either. It's it's we're all relying on Donovan Mitchell and then you're not playing through your other players because you give him the ball and he goes ISO and maybe he's tired. Maybe he's, he just doesn't want to do it anymore. I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard being a jazz fan watching this when you, you go and you bring on all these players and you start off really well. What was our record going into the all-star break? Yeah, they were, they were uh, in Were they in third? No, they were in fourth place. Right. But I mean, the top three has been pretty consistent throughout the year. Yeah, and, and it's just, like I said, it's just with him, I don't know, he, he gets put in these situations where I just don't think that he has it. I don't think he's he's developed that mental ability to to kind of say, okay, I'm going to close out this game. I don't see it in him. I, I don't think I've seen it in, in any games, to be honest, at least not this season. I mean, what, what are your guys' thoughts? I think we're going to save that topic for later. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. Suspense, that's the word. Hanging at the edge of their seat. Cause yeah, so we're that ra- put you on the edge of your seat. Yeah, we're, that wraps up talk and going back on this past week's game. Let's let's move forward. Um, let's just hurry. Uh, take some questions here from the online folks. Uh, yeah, we put it out there on Instagram, Facebook, saying hey, if you have any questions, send them our way. And you can imagine that a lot of these questions are kind of going along with the vibe that we have right now on the podcast. Terrified, scared, worried about the team. So, what better time to get those out than right now? Um. Let's start out our first question from our man that's always there to give us a question every week. You know who it is. Stockton underscore Nelson. Yeah. His question is, is there a world where we see Donovan and Rudy still on the same team next year? Assistant, I'll let you go first. Well, um, you know, it all depends on what they do in the playoffs. So I think if they don't get to the Western Conference Finals, then probably I, I would guess not. If they get to the Western Conference Finals, that's growth from last year, gross, gross, growth from, uh, you know, the past couple of years. So I could see it. I could see them being on the same team if that happens. If not, um, you know, obviously I'm sure someone will ask a question about this at some point, but there's reports from ESPN of uh, Dallas trying to go hard for Rudy in the offseason. So I guess we'll see. But if, if they do what they need, if they take care of business in the playoffs, at least get to the Western Conference Finals, I don't, I don't see them moving Rudy uh, or Donovan. I definitely don't see them ever moving Donovan, but that's just me. Luis, your answer? No, I think I think regardless of what happens, I think this year might be the last year that we see them together. That's, I mean, like the the rumors are out there for both, right? The Knicks for Donovan, the Timberwolves, or not the Timberwolves, the uh, Mavs. Mavs for 
for Rudy. I, I think this, like I said, I think this is the beginning to the end. So you're saying no matter what, that's happening. Championship, yeah, they're gone. Wow. I, I think this is. Oh, I think this is a blow man. up. I they're, think we see new coaching. I think we see. I think you just. He's jumping you just right start into over, it, folks. I told you this is why we got him here. He's this is he is the voice, he's the voice of some <laughs> of a lot of the majority representative. It's a majority, but we've done this for so many years, and I mean, what four you were four years into this, and we get the same result, right? Credit to Donovan for realizing that same shit. Mm-hmm. Here we I mean, are again. I mean, technically, though, if we'd gone to a championship and won, that wouldn't be the same. That'd be different, and then but you're still saying it's going to blow up. So that's your answer. That's you have to because you okay, can't get on, to the championship. We're done. Hold on, we're good on that. Let's, well, hold on to your frustration there for a second. <laughs> My answer to this question is we've kind of answered this before, and I'm sticking to it. If the Jazz are out first or second round, I think they're blowing it up. Anyone but Donovan is available, and yeah, I think new coach. Um, but if they do get to like the Western Conference, and especially if they get to the NBA Finals, I don't think they make big changes. Mm-hmm. I mean, something will change, obviously, but not something huge. Yeah. Next question. You guys probably don't know this. This is something I could just answer for. Wow. Okay. Uh, I'll take. Well, I'll turn my mic sc- off. I'll take a break. R E S C H K E. Then it's Jeremy. He said, "Why did Ster- or Terry Stotts show up to a Jazz game with Zanuck?" Oh, I don't know. Tell me why. I mean, it's just. I mean, this has happened before with the Jazz, where uh, I I don't know if it was last season or year before. It was, must have been before because he was with the Knicks, but. Remember Tom Thibodeau was at the Jazz practice for like a week there, hanging out with them. And it's just, I just think they bring in coaches to, I mean, I think the easy answer is that they bring in other coaches to maybe help Snyder and say, hey, if I was here, I'd do this maybe. That's mm. it. Why would you ask Terry Stotts though? Because he doesn't have a job right now. Well, then there's a reason so, for it. I mean, and then, then <laughs> I'm just you kidding. Could always I'm kidding. Also, I'm possibly, playing. maybe they're like, hey. I'm playing. Yeah, maybe they're, maybe, uh, I wish we had conspiracy theory music. I mean, maybe there's, they're, there's maybe he's the next, that, maybe think, he's tight with Danny the Ainge. The easy, honest answer is that happens a lot. I mean, and we fans just don't see it as much as it probably does happen. So, okay. That's the end of that one. Next question comes from, where is, this is from Facebook. The other Ugh, ones are all from Instagram. Facebook. Um, and kidding. these are all kind of the same, so I'll just say their names. Tyler.c.u, Roy, looking like a smiley face, more Marin. Marin. Landon underscore Gallagher. These are all basically asking the same thing of would roster changes or staff changes need to be made if, you know, playoff issues. I mean, we kind of already answered that. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes, there will be changes if they don't make it past certain rounds. Yeah. Or if you're like our guest today, you think changes are happening no matter what. Uh, but yeah, you know what? There's actually are changes. They're making changes to the logo and colors and things like that. So yeah, there's other kind of changes coming. Mm. There you go. These there questions are not doing so good so far. Sorry, folks. Uh, well, it's because you know what it is. Everyone's sending me the same damn questions, though. Everyone's yeah. panicked. Uh, like you guys. Next question. And we'll just make this the last one because literally all these questions are kind of the same. This comes from Instagram. It's EJ underscore hatch four. What is missing for the jazz? Wing defender question mark? Effort question mark? Chemistry question mark? Death question mark? Death. Death. <laughs> Death. Dang. I want I want to hear Luis on this one okay, first. Ahead, I have an idea, but uh, I think we lack we lack a true two-way player. I don't think the Jazz have that like other teams do. You don't have a shutdown defender that can shut down the other team's all-star, I guess you would say, or somebody that's going off, right? Our best defender, aside from Rudy, is maybe Royce. Other than that, but Royce, again, is limited. You can't, you, you don't get any offense from him. 
I think the Jazz need a true two-way player that can play defense and still give you 15, 16 points a night. I think that's tough because there's not, a, I mean, that I think every, number one, every team needs that, but there's not a lot of those guys out there that can do that. Give you 15 to 16 a night, but also be able to shut down the other team's best player. Usually it's, you know, something like where you have Royce, who's a pretty good defender and he just doesn't score a ton. But, um, so I was, I don't know what the jazz need, right? I, I, at the beginning of the year, uh, on my podcast, I had, I had honestly picked the jazz to make it to the finals before the year, looking at the roster, looking at the changes they made. And I don't, I don't know what the, the real answer is. I will say this one thing that, that I noticed, and I want to, uh, I don't want to say this incorrectly. So I want to make sure I pull up the right stat here. But the Jazz are nearly last in the NBA at uh, assists, team assists. They're 28th. Uh, see, I said I had it pulled up, and now I can't even find them. This is what happens when you get an old, older guy, computer illiterate, trying to talk and do something at the same time. Uh, Donovan's your leading assist guy at five and a half assists. And I, I if I remember correctly, they are, uh, like I said, uh, one of the last three teams, four teams in the league in assists per game. So as I've watched the Jazz more, and especially in these games where they're blowing a lead or it's it's maybe a little bit tighter, it seem and they lose, it seems the issue, they're not moving the ball. The ball kind of stays stagnant with one player, whether it be Clarkson, whether it be Donovan. The ball isn't moving like it was in the first half uh, or sometimes even the first three quarters. So I think ball movement is a big issue. This team is ridiculously talented as far as players that they actually have. Uh, you know, starting with Donovan, a guy who can actually score uh, at a really good rate, 26 points per game this year. But then after that, it kind of falls off on the scoring. And uh, if I remember correctly, Jordan Clarkson's your number two scorer, which, or no, Bogey is, I, I apologize. Uh, Bogdanovich, then Clarkson. And I, th- I think that goes from, and that goes from 26 points to 18. Um, and, and with the ball not moving, I don't know. I, I can't say exactly what they need. The ball needs to move more, and someone else needs to step up on that scoring. And there, there needs to be someone else right around 20 points per game, 21 points per game along with Donovan carrying the, you know, the heavy workload on the offensive end. Rudy's at 15, and I've, I mean, I could talk this to death what I think about Rudy's offensive game, but uh, I think I already kind of did. So Rudy Gay? Oh, my bad. Go Bear. Oh, okay. That's on me. Um, my answer to this question is a little different in the sense that I actually think they're missing Joe Ingles. And what I mean by that is not even so much his on-the-court stuff. They're missing like his probably stuff that we don't see. Like I, I would can only imagine that if he was still on the team right now and they were losing these games and 25-point leads and stuff like that, he would probably be that dude in the locker room like giving them some good pep talks and talking them up and stuff like that. It honestly just seems ever since he got traded that something – I mean, I don't know without looking through the whole schedule, but it almost feels like you could say that's when things kind of started to go down. And I know there's tons of people online that say, oh, yeah, it's all Danny Ainge's fault. And so I'm not going down that road because I don't know how the hell you can put blame on Danny Ainge when he doesn't really do much of anything right now. He really hasn't gotten his hand onto the team yet. That'll happen this offseason. So I, <laughs> that'll, I mean, people just blaming Danny Ainge. I think that's just people that just hate Danny Ainge for some reason. So, so I think what you're saying is, Oh, hold I on, guess. hold on, hold on, hold on. Got to finish the thought here. 
just to, to finish round that out, just to finish it out, and then I'll let you go on your thing over here. Is that I just think they're missing that guy, uh, like a leader in there, in the sense that I think they were probably hoping that Rudy Gay could be that kind of guy, and he apparently is not. I, I assume. I mean, he's up for like best teammate award in the NBA, so he must be a good guy. But apparently, he's not giving them that boost in the locker room. And maybe you would think that Mike Conley could do that, but a, I don't know. I don't. Apparently, that's not there. So. I think they're missing Joe Ingles for that. I mean, obviously he was kind of going down as far as the stats and numbers on the court. So, and the contract, it all made sense to trade him, but I think now you're just missing kind of his locker room leadership and uh, yeah. Okay. Go ahead, Luis. Hold on. I want to throw one more thing in there. I, I uh, you know, I used to always comment on stuff that I thought behind the scenes and you guys used to rip my head off, especially when the Donovan and, and Rudy stuff used to come out and there would be a story and you guys were like, hey, the media just wants to tear the jazz apart. And that's just not the voices of you two. That's a lot of people who would get upset. So I tried to stop thinking, okay, what's going on behind the scenes? Cause there's obviously no way we know they could, everyone could be great in the locker room. Everyone could be friends. I think on the court, the biggest issue again is that ball not moving assists are so low Donovan's supporting cast offensively um, just isn't where it needs to be. Sorry. Go ahead, Luis. Yeah. I think, I mean, to, to what our host was saying, I think it's team chemistry. I, I just don't think they have it. I, you look around and it just, like I said, everybody stands around. They're not moving the ball, right? You give the ball to one player and everybody else just stands and nobody crashes the boards. There's just no chemistry on, I'm going to move this way because I know Donovan likes to go this way. So if he gets double teamed or something, give me the ball. There's not, there's none of that there. I, I wanted to compare some of the, you know, I didn't want people to come after my neck when I said that he needs more help scoring. So on the jazz, you have five people, uh, five players averaging over 10 points a game. Conley at 13, Rudy at 15, Clarkson at 16, Boyan at 18, and then you have Donovan uh, at his 26. You look at a team like the Suns, Booker's at 26, then there's obviously a drop-off in, in uh, uh, points per game, but Aiton at 17, Chris Paul at 15, Bridges 14.5, Cam Johnson 12, Cam Payne 11, Kaminsky getting 10 off the bench. Now you say, oh, well, what about them? Why, you know, there's a, there's a big drop-off there. Sure, but you look at Chris Paul at almost 11 assists per game. And then even Booker's right at five, where, again, I, I had touched on the assists for the Jazz. The leading guy for the Jazz is Donovan with 5.4 assists. I just feel like the ball isn't moving the way it should, uh, especially as I've watched them a little bit more. A lot of people will comment, well, there's not a big assist guy on uh, on Memphis. I think Memphis is just one of those teams where everyone, you, ta- you talk about chemistry and you can see it. They all really love each other and they play their asses off for each other. And the other game, the other night, the other day they had a game, obviously jaws been out. They sat Bain. Uh, and I'm trying to remember the other player they sat, they still ended up winning. Like I thought for sure. Okay. That's a game. They're just going to, they're just saying, all right, we'll just lose this one. They won. It's just a all around team game. And it seems like that's kind of lacking for the jazz. All right. Well, good for the freaking Grizzlies. Um, <laughs> we're going to take our, thanks everyone for the questions. Uh, like I said, they were all just, kind of just wrote them in there together because a lot of them of course were the same um and we can only answer the same questions so many different times um anyways we're going to take our first break right now and then we'll be back just to just kind of have a conversation and uh say what we feel about the team and what maybe they need to prove on and all that you're here to hear us just go over so take our first break here and we'll be right back this is where a sponsor would go if you are said sponsor that's interested in sponsoring this podcast reach out to us at jazznationnews at gmail.com. Now back to the show. All right, and we are back. Uh, needed that break because now it's time just to go into a deep dive here. We uh, 
I kind of paused everyone earlier on all their thoughts because I wanted to just get it all in here. So let's kind of go topic by topic here. The first one I want to kind of go over is there was talk of Rudy Gobert earlier and his offensive and his, what he's good at and stuff like that. So let's let's start with Rudy Gobert. Um, I believe assistant to the host, you were kind of going off on Rudy earlier. So where are you at with Rudy? Is Is he good for the Jazz or if it is a first or second round exit and things need to be moved, is he the one that should be shopped? Where's your I, I think, uh, I mean, I've, I've, I've given my offensive opinion about him. I just, I just don't think he has a, uh, what the kids call a bag, right? Got no bag, nothing in the offensive bag other than the, the screen and roll putbacks. Uh, but I, I think you could create a team around Rudy. That would be good. You know what I mean? But you need the, you, you need the right pieces. And I don't know necessarily if the jazz have that. So in my opinion, if if it's something where you have the Jazz in a second round exit, a first round exit, which hopefully you know for the sake of your guys' health, I hope that doesn't happen. Happen, and for the sake of the podcast going a little bit longer, uh, that doesn't happen. But if if it does, I think the player that you get the most for in return is going to be Rudy Gobert. And you know, again, I never, I, I try to just stop speculating on what happens behind. Stuff that I can't see. I can see them playing. I can see things on the court. I can see the interactions on the bench. But, you know, there's there's always been the last two to th- uh, probably three years, actually, uh, articles that have come out, reports that have come out that, that Donovan and Rudy have issues. And if it comes down to, okay, are we keeping we, I'm Danny Ainge sitting here in my chair, are we keeping Donovan or are we keeping Rudy? That's That, that shouldn't even be a, a question as to who you're keeping. I think Rudy goes... And you just build more around Donovan. Uh, Donovan's a very special star, and uh, I think Rudy, for all that he does on the defensive end, which is really good, he he lacks severely on the offensive end. All right, Luis, what is your thoughts on this topic? I think I think it would be easier to to move Rudy, but I don't think that they should. I think it's easier to build a team around Rudy than it would be with Donovan. Obviously, he he is a special player, but. I think Rudy just offers so much and it gives you the ability to create a team and kind of mold it with, with a player like of his caliber. I mean, he's defense player of the year. How many times now? Three, three times. And he could probably get it two more times. If you think about it. I mean, a lot of teams have to scheme against him that most of the teams, like I said, are beating us in the perimeter. So I think a player like Rudy is, is also special just like Donovan in his own form. So I think, I don't think we move Rudy, to be honest. No matter what happens, I think Rudy is kind of that one. He he also fits the the whole jazz persona. He is a jazz man kind of deal, but I don't know. Donovan doesn't seem to fit that for me. So my thoughts on this is, uh, so there was a podcast this week with ESPN's uh, Zach Lowe, uh, the Lowe Post, if you want to check mm-hmm. it out. But he, Great podcast. Him and uh, another ESPN reporter, Tim McMahon. Tim, man. Oh, my. Mc, you don't know how to read. This McMahon, is the issue we have with this podcast. Who, no who actually is like kind of like the jazz reporter for ESPN. Him, he does like his main focus are actually like in the Mavs and jazz. But um, they had a pretty interesting conversation on there about Rudy Gobert and Donovan. And they mentioned something that I thought was pretty interesting and I, I hadn't really thought much about, but it was true. And that is like Rudy's comments of things and really bad timing of comments like, I believe it was while he was out, he said something about Booker. Yeah, he compared Tim him to Becker Bo- was a good defender and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And then um, he said something recently too about was it the team's defense or something? I can't remember exactly, but 
he just kind of he says things that are they're not just you know obviously he's not saying hey Donovan you're a terrible defender and he's not saying team sucks at defense but he's he's saying these things for a reason I mean there's players say things in their press conferences or post you know all those things for a reason kind of yeah so he's obviously thought it before and now he just kind of says it and frust he's maybe frustrated when he says it and he probably obviously probably shouldn't say it but you know he's thinking it so that's where he's at and then Donovan comes back and he says things too and you know and then coach Snyder says things saying neither one of our guys be quiet basically it's just it's not good you know we shouldn't have teammates speaking poorly of each other at all, but especially not in public like that, just doesn't help the vibe of the team. Um, Let me throw this in there while you're while you're going to carry your point. I watch some of these other teams like the Sons of the Warriors. Those guys are a step ahead of us in terms of winning habits. Devin Booker is playing his ass off defensively. Guys like that, they buy in, and you can tell they take pride in playing defense. Yeah, and then, I mean, like one of the recent ones, I've done, they had asked Donovan about kind of Rudy's comments, and he said that I think he's – Thing was like he's saying it's childish and so you know just things like that you can kind of just you know i think i've never thought that they were best friends at all i mean you could always tell that they were their co-workers i mean that's basically I, there's never probably gonna be a time that they've gone off the court and hung out much like where you look at royce and donovan you get the vibe that those dudes probably do hang out and stuff like that um I think uh, they, they always say shit like or stuff like that. Excuse me. Uh, you don't have to be best friends, your your coworkers, right? And to a, to a degree, I really um, uh, to a degree, I really agree with that. But this is different than you know me and Jan in marketing or me and Steve in accounting, right? Yes, we're all on the we all work for the same company um, and we're tr- striving towards one goal. But these guys are together all the time, practicing all the time. So you have to, you don't, again, you don't have to be best friends, but you probably do have to be friends. Yeah. And uh, kind of to close this out on my answer of the whole Rudy thing, if, if my, my unfortunate answer is going to be kind of along the way that a lot of people are probably are, is that if the Jazz are first round second and it goes to the, you know, blow it up, rebuild it all kind of thing, I, my answer is you do build around Donovan and you do try to see what you can get for Rudy. Now, the problem there is that they did gave Rudy a new contract at the start of this year. It's a pretty massive contract. So I just worry that I don't know what they're going to get back for that. I I don't know the value is going to equal, but I think at that point you kind of have to just say, look, we've, we've tried this for how many years now and it's just not working. So something's got to give. So I think we're getting, we've hit that point folks. It's the point none of us really wanted to get to. We've gotten to that point of like, Oh crap. <laughs> the other thing that they mentioned in that podcast, the low podcast that I thought was an interesting um, comparison. They were like, it's the, uh, remember when Lob City was hot and then it just kind of went to craps all of a sudden. Right. Mm-hmm. And then it was that, like, there's another team that was really good and they didn't like each other. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it was, it was <laughs> some just of like, them anyways, it was just like, okay, this team's, you know, it's done. They just started trading everyone almost. So, yeah, that's... I actually think Quinn's a better coach than Doc. I think Doc's the most overrated coach in the history of the league, but... That's a Whoa. different topic there. Whoa. Um, let's move on to a next one to talk about here, and this is this is where our guest is probably going to go off on some heated, heated stuff here, yeah. and that would be the topic of Donovan Mitchell and, you know, is he playing hero ball? Is he just ISO? Is he just caring about himself? Luis, the guest, let's let's hear what you say on the, the topic of Donovan Mitchell. Everyone go ahead and take a seat. 
<laughs> yeah, like I said, just just watching the last couple of games, it's just been so frustrating watching him. Obviously, it, we, like I said, we, he's our he's our go to guy, right? He's that special player, so you expect special things. But then he does these things where it was just like takes terrible shots, and he goes ISO. You give him the ball in the last four minutes of the game, and nobody else is seeing it. So the the rest of the team just watches him, and I think he feels like he has to be the hero. But I, I think that's that's where he lacks. I, I I don't think he has the mental toughness. I don't think that he's He's ready for it. I, you get these other players like like your Tatum's and your Luca and even Booker, right? These guys just once they know, they know, and they gotta go. And I think Donovan Mitchell tries, but he he just can't. I don't think he has it. He he has. I mean, to to what Doug mentioned, he he has part of the bag. He doesn't have the full bag yet, right? Um, I just don't think he can finish some of those where he goes in in into the lane and then just kind of looks around, look looks for something, and then just puts up j- jacks up a shot. Doesn't even look for Rudy. Um, there's just no connection with any of the other teammates. It when it comes down to clutch time, uh, I personally feel like I don't know that. That's why I said it's it, it would be better to move him because I don't know if he just. Is not listening to the coach, not running the plays they're supposed to. He just wants to go ISO and thinks that he could just step back and take threes and do all this crazy stuff when his game, what made him so special, was getting to the hoop and finishing, and he doesn't do that anymore. He takes more threes than he does go inside the lane. Is is that part of, I guess, the evolution of his game? He just wants to just shoot threes now, doesn't want to get beat up. Um, I don't know. It's, it's frustrating watching him when we need him in the clutch. So I try to take my bias out of it because as far as jazz players go in the history of jazz players, I think Donovan is uh, is my favorite. And that's not just for what he does on the court, but trying to take everything um, out of it, just watching him play basketball. I would agree there are times where he comes down kind of like ill-advised threes, but I think it, uh, it goes back to you look at the rest of the team and who who is he going to bank on? To make that shot. Is it Clarkson? I love Clarkson uh, as well. I, I feel like Clarkson is, you know, they call him like a heat check guy or like irrational confidence. Clarkson can score, though. I don't want to say he's not a good player. But Donovan is the guy, right? And 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 again, I think at times we're kind of too hard on, on players, especially, I mean, he's 25 years old. I think these next three to four years, he's he's going to grow even more. He's He's grown each year. Uh, and, and again, like I said, I called this, I said, this team was going to go to the finals, just looking at the roster that they, the people they added, but I don't think, I think you build, you have to build around him because with Rudy, I mean, I don't want, I don't want to shit on Rudy anymore. Crap on Rudy anymore. Gosh, I really have to censor myself on here. Uh, no, I love Donovan. He does have some ill-advised shots at times, but it could be that he just doesn't trust the other players on the team. I love Mike Conley too. Mike Conley's been fairly inconsistent. Great pro, great player throughout his career. Maybe coming closer to the end of that, but I think Donovan is you have to build around him. He's the guy. He's the guy for Utah on top of how he can play personality-wise and get other players around him. Sorry, sorry before you go. Can he be that leader for the team? Does he That's my that's my question is does he have that mental toughness like does I think you guys mentioned it a couple of times on your previous uh, podcast, but maybe a players meeting right before a game or something. I mean, obviously now since they've lost so many games and gave up so many leads, you think like, I don't want any coaches. I don't want anything. I want to get in here with everybody and just choose some people out like your Royce O'Neal. How are you not going to give me any points? Um, Jordan Clarkson jacking up behind the back shots and, and these <laughs> ridiculous like crazy shots and boogie like, you know, hit 
hit a couple of threes every now and then and Mike Conley passed the ball a little bit more. I don't know. We they I just don't see that in him. I think he's just kind of like, yeah, I'm going to try to do it myself and screw you guys. I mean, yeah. you, you talk about like with Rudy and the pick and roll and all that stuff, but I, I you see Rudy multiple times working his ass off to set a screen for him, looking for the roll and you see him wide open and he never even bothers to look at it. So it's like, are you are you even do you even acknowledge like the rest of your teammates or are you just kind of make up your mind in that in the last crucial moments and say it's me and nobody else kind of yeah. deal? I think it's interesting because when you you know uh people or analysts talk about players and you have the guys who are supposed to be the guy, you have like you know Thanks for thanks for that. The host just muted me for no reason. Uh, you know, you had LeBron James, right? Uh, you still have LeBron James. And he often got criticized and gets criticized for passing the ball in those situations where he should be taking the shot. On the other end of things, you have guys who will not afraid to take that shot. And it's like, uh, you should have passed. Like, you can always say things in the in the after the game has has, has passed, you know. I, I think... A lot of a lot of times, for better or worse, people compare Donovan to Booker, right? Devin Booker. And if you would have said, "Does Devin Booker have any mental toughness prior to last year?" Absolutely not. People played him. People were killing him. He got with Chris Paul. Something clicked. I mean, you go back to that video of Devin Booker playing pickup in the gym with Joe uh, Joe Kim Noah and a couple other guys. He got double teamed and was pissed. He got double teamed playing pickup ball. And uh, you know, at, to me, at that point, that kind of spoke to his mental toughness. I think Donovan, if he doesn't have it now, and I don't know, uh, just from not knowing behind the scenes stuff, I think he can get there. It feels, and again, I always try to say, like, I don't want to talk about things that are going on that I can't see. It feels like there's a cloud over this team. And again, could be 100% wrong. But from all the articles that have come out, the issues between Donovan and Rudy, and I, I, I feel like, you know, when there's smoke, there's fire. So I think... If the team doesn't live up to expectations in the playoffs, you gotta get you gotta you gotta move Rudy. Yeah, um, my answer to all this is that you know I so I've never pl- I played basketball when I was younger, but I never played like junior high, high school, or oh, college they're gonna or come for like you that. now. They're gonna come for you. Yeah, now so I'm, just, I'm just a loser <laughs> talkative. I think when I'm when I'm here, I'm sitting here listening to you guys talk, and it makes me think. You know, there's times you know all through the season, Donovan. You know, I think about him going, and then he does make those extra passes to people, and you know. I can only imagine when you're in that position, you make the pass, your dude's wide open, and they shoot it, and you're just like, yeah, this is about to go in, and clank, right? And I, it makes me wonder, like, every time there's clanks and it's a miss, do you, do you just think, does it almost, like, dig at you and go, why am I making this pass? I could have done this right now. I, you know, I could have gone for the dunk. I could have gotten fouled here. I Because if you, you know, if we think about who he's passing to, you know, he, he's passing to Royce. How how many how many times does Royce make that basket? How many times does Clarkson make it? How, you know, it's just I I just wonder if things like that at some point have made him just go, you know, f this. I just kind of have to take over. Uh, this is just me totally assuming, folks. I don't think get crazy here. You didn't DM you this. You didn't, no. Okay. Um. But then, you know, I just wonder if that's a thing at all. I mean, do you it, guys it, have it, you it, guys it, ever heard of something like that where a player just you know is on a team and says you know. I, I pass it to my teammates so many times, but damn it, they missed like almost every single basket. So why am I passing it? You know. I mean, I would say there there's probably games like that, or 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 moments like a a quarter, or you know, towards the end of a game where you're like, okay, nobody's making shots, I'm gonna have to do it. I don't think a, a whole season's worth, you know, like Luis um, is saying. And again, I mean, sure, I'm sure Donovan has the ball in his hands more often than the other players, but he's still leading the team in assists. So 
Yeah, and, and and I think right now it's just a lot of, for all a lot of jazz fans. It's just like right now because it's all happening at once. All we're thinking right now is negative, negative. Think about this, people. I mean, we're still in what fourth spot right now in the West. That's what like it's, West is like still one of the best conferences, right? I mean, the East is coming along, but the West is still like when you think of the teams, you're like that's where we're at. So obviously, we had a pretty good season leading up to what's going on now so i think i said it earlier when i was talking about the whole ingles thing and them missing that it just it just feels like at that point things kind of shifted um and and i just feel like they're missing someone there for donovan donovan needs like a mentor kind of guy and so jazz are fifth they're behind the mavs um this is as we're recording right now by yep, the way, folks, yeah yeah sunday uh and I, and this year the first time in years i would actually say the east is a is better than the west and I'm uh, much deeper, but uh, yeah, Jazz are fifth right now. I don't know. You know, I, I thought maybe Mike Conley would be that kind of, and and again, maybe he is. I, I thought Mike Conley would be that guy, similar to a Chris Paul coming into Phoenix, Mike Conley coming into Utah. To, um, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't think there's a point guard in the last thirty years better than Chris Paul. So, Whoa. I mean, That's I'm gonna keep time. it a buck. I, I do agree, though, because I remember when they brought in Conley, there was a lot of, I mean, if you think about it, when they brought in Conley, even like the national media were like, okay, these guys are legit now. Like, he's bringing that Memphis grit that they had, like the fight and stuff like that. And it just, it almost feels like we never have, I mean, Conley, you know, last year was all-star season for him and all that. That's awesome. But did we ever really see him have that grit that he had there with him in Memphis? Did he ever I don't, really e- I don't even know if. as much? I don't know. I don't even know if when, uh, and again, I love Mike Conley's game. I don't know if when he was with Memphis, I mean, he wasn't the one you were looking at like, oh, Mike Conley's going to punch you in the mouth. It was guys like Zach Randolph, Tony Allen, other players like that. Conley, though, was a, I mean, he he was a monster there in Memphis as far as scoring, facilitating, doing what he had to do. But uh, he wasn't the one where you were like, uh, that guy's going to, at least from a fan perspective, that guy's going to hit me in the mouth. Okay, when I'm saying grit, I'm not even, I'm not talking so much physically. Either. But that's talking, what Chris Paul is. But I'm I mean, talking Chris- also, I'm talking like maybe just hard though. Like, is he like, I when you got the vibe on that team in Memphis, you know, you could just feel like they were all brothers in it together. Like almost you were saying about Memphis now, like they're mm-hmm. in it together and stuff. And I just, I feel like the Jazz are missing that. Like, it doesn't feel like they're, like I've said it before, it doesn't feel like they're probably, and I'm not saying they got to be best friends off the court and hanging out, but like when you look at the Memphis team now, you get the feeling that like they're they're in it together. They're they're cheering. They're probably texting each other off the court and saying, great game, doing this and yeah. stuff. And I just don't know if the, this I'm, is, and, and I'm sure a lot of people are saying, what the hell does that have to do with anything for the Jazz right now? But it's, <laughs> there's still people, folks. They're just people just like us. Like when they get down, just like when you're down on things, they need someone to pick them up, and I yeah. don't know. I'm, I'm sure they got sometimes. a super solid group text. I, I don't know how you <laughs> watching watching the games and watching Conley. Sometimes I feel like he just goes through the motions, like he knows that he's third, fourth option on the team. When in reality, is we don't even have a second option. So I, I feel like when he wants to, he can. I mean, he's had really good games where mm-hmm. he's he's put up twenty plus points, and then the next game he puts up eight points. It, it's almost like he just goes through the motions. Like he just decides, hey, today I want a ball. Tomorrow I don't. It it's it's hard to see that. And and again, this this kind of goes back to Donovan's. Maybe this, like you said, uh, Daniel is. Does he trust anybody else to get that consistency out of them? And and the Jazz really lack that. And you would expect somebody like Conley bringing him in to do something like that. Even giving you 15 points, 15 points consistently, night in, night out, Mm. it would help a great deal. But you don't get that from him, right? I I think, uh, so Conley's 34 years old, right? He's been in the league a long time. The Jazz, though they are in a uh, Jazz fan's minds, downward spiral to hell. Uh, Conley is a pro and he's done this a long time. And I think 
he knows how to turn it on when it's needed to be turned on. I've, I don't think he needs to do it right now. When the playoffs get here, that's when I'm most interested to see what Mike Conley does. Uh, and, you know, last year he was hurt um, on and off throughout the playoffs. So I'm, I'm really interested to see a healthy Mike Conley in the playoffs with, with the Jazz. So I kind of want to, before I say anything about him and how he's been playing, I kind of want to see what that looks like. Because that's, you know, that's big reason, I'm assuming, why they brought him in is to lead in the playoffs because he's he's been there before yeah and i we i, I mean i was kind of the leader of this but we went off topic big time we were supposed to be talking what about were donovan we talking there. about just oh to end sorry and the whole donovan conversation on my part here i'll just say I, I do agree there are times that it feels like he is doing the hero ball kind of thing but i also feel like there's probably times when he's like i got to and i can kind of understand that you know when 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 clarkson's putting up a bunch of banging off the rimmers and Boyan's not doing much and Rudy's just getting the ball and then losing it and just screaming for fouls. Um, I'll, I'll say this. Let me say this real quick. And John and okay. I won't even talk about it anymore. You talk about hero ball and guys putting up shots. And, and if you want to be frustrated with a guy trying to play hero ball, be an Orlando magic fan and watch Terrence Ross come off the bench and chunk up 20, 20 to 25 shots a game and, and make four. That's I'm just going to leave it that jazz fans. you got it really good with Donovan Mitchell. That's the end. All right, that was a ran- there's your random magic. <laughs> you know what grinds my gears <laughs> for for the week. Um, all right, let's move on to kind of the last topic of the table here, and that's Coach Snyder. Um, you know the team. I think I think when when a team's going down, the first person most fans are going to look at. You know, I guess typically it's the all star, the face of the team, but then it's also the coach. And you know, I've I've kind of. I've been backing Coach Snyder for a while, especially this year too, but I have to admit this last week I've kind of started to – I'm not against Coach Snyder at all. I think he's a, he's a great coach and all that. I just worry if the system – I wonder if other teams have just caught up to the way he's coaching and the rotations and it's just – it's it's almost caught up to him. And is his, is his time in Utah done – is it time for something new? Is he not good at not rotations and fix? Like, what is is Coach Snyder the issue? Is that's I guess the next topic we're at here. Yeah, I think I think that's that's big. I think he he doesn't adapt very well. He doesn't change things. It's just the same. You're asking for the same result every single time, and you're not getting it. So at some point, as a coach, you have to look at it overall and decide what's wrong, maybe a lineup change. Uh, I mean, you and I were talking about uh, last night, maybe you bring Clarkson in or maybe you put, I don't know, one of our other players, maybe you go big and you you bring both um, Gobert and, and Whiteside in at the same time, just kind of give you a little bit, maybe that inside presence that you can play from from the inside out to give the ball to, to Donovan since he wants to jack up so many threes every game. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> Or, or even like Bogdanovich, right? Just something like that. You have to do something to change it up because what you're doing right now isn't working. Do something. Make a splash somewhere. Maybe bring in Clarkson instead of O'Neal. I mean, I don't know. I, I, it's just the adaptability behind... I mean, teams start mounting a comeback and he wants to do the same thing. It's like, hey, let's pass the ball five times around the perimeter and whoever gets an open shot, take it. There's nothing... There's there's just nothing that he's changing that's improving the situation, and I don't know it. I don't know if that's part of the players not buying into his system anymore, and they're just going to do their own thing, or if it's just he truly doesn't know what to do and how to combat these these comebacks that you know these teams are mounting when you're up by 15, 20 points. Yeah, you guys in the history at all? History buffs, presidents of the United States, and wars and all that. No, I didn't even know who was on Mount Rushmore. <laughs> yeah, you didn't know how many. You're right. You yeah, never mind. 
uh, there's, there's often a term that you hear, like he was a great peacetime president. Right. And when it, then when it came to like wartime, like, Oh, tiff. I mean, I can't give you an example cause I'm not into history either, but I've heard that term many times from my father-in-law. Um, I think that's kind of, uh, at least what's been pinned on Quinn, right? Like when the team, when it's going well, he looks like a great coach. It looks, he looks very smart in what he does, but I think like you said, making those adjustments and, and I'll say this, like you play so many games throughout the season, right? A team's going to come back. You're going to have losses. You're going to all, all this stuff where I've seen Quinn kind of, at, at least I would imagine it's Quinn because he's the coach make calling the plays and, and, and making the substitutions and whatnot in the playoffs when teams are mounting those comebacks and doing different things to take certain players out of the game and Quinn doesn't adjust to that, I think that's kind of where he lacks. I mean, you go back to the Clippers series last year, Rudy should have been on the bench when they were, when they mounted, like when they were playing the way they were playing and Terrence Mann was pulling Rudy out. Now, you know, Rudy isn't a great perimeter defender, regardless of what a lot of people want to say and how he stepped up and did what he did to Luka Doncic not too long ago. He's not. He's not that guy that can be on an island out there. He's not quick enough, and that was a huge detriment to the Jazz in that Clippers series. Like, it broke them. It looked like it broke them, and Quinn didn't adjust to that. So as of right now, you look at what he's done in the playoffs, his lack of being able to adjust – and, you know, I think in the past you could say, well, maybe it was personnel. This is the year. Again, everything, I sound like a broken record. This is the year where you find out what he can do because the players are there. Like the the ability that all these guys have and the guys they brought in, they have the roster. He just has to make it work with those players. So, I mean, we're going to see this, again, broken record. But the playoffs this year is going to answer a ton of questions one way or the other for the Jazz. You know, after this past week's games and stuff, I actually had something pop into my head. And I, I, we all know Snyder's a really smart guy. You can just tell, you know, his history and things like that. But it makes me wonder, is he actually probably better off being a really great assistant coach? Like, maybe he's not a great head coach, but damn, he'd be an amazing assistant coach or somebody. Um and I'm not, I'm not saying do that. Don't, I, I, I still don't, you know, I still don't, I'm not ready to pull the trigger on fire him. Obviously you're not going to fire him now, but it's, it is going to be, I don't know if disappointing, it's going to be a bummer. It'll be a bummer. That's the easy word to say. It'll be a bummer if the jazz are out in the first, second round. And obviously at that point, you know, if coach Snyder has fired, cause there was so much hype and I don't not hype, but there was, when he got hired, you know, it was like, this is a Duke guy. This is Coach K's dude. This is, he's, he's been with Kobe in How'd LA. He had a Duke lot fans. of, Sorry. he had a lot of, you know, people backing him pretty, you know, Coach Pop was a big fan of him and stuff. And so it would just be such a bummer for this just to be like the end of it and stuff. So uh, oh, the end for him with jazz. I mean, who knows where, if he, if he did go, this was his last year with Utah, who knows, you know, if he goes to LA and, you know, say he gets with LeBron, who knows? Or if he goes to San Antonio, um, that's all who knows stuff. But <laughs> I, and this I, segment I, was called "Who Knows." I'm, I, <laughs> I I have to say I'm just I, out of all these things, you know, the Rudy talk and the Donovan talk. The the thing with the Coach Snyder, it is it is really such a bummer for me because I really do I like the guy and stuff. It just seems like all of a sudden it just seems like his his coaching style is not working and maybe hasn't adjusted to what it is now. And, uh, well, who do you have for, who, uh, you look at the NBA, there's, I, I, I think you would name five excellent coaches. Like you think, okay, there's five really good coaches in the league. Then after that, then it's like, this guy's all right. This guy does. Okay. And I think Quinn falls into that 
second tier of coaches. So, I mean, it's, there's not a bunch of, you know, Popovich is just walking around out there. There's not a lot of, you know, I, I mean, the, the Heat had their dust up, but Eric Spolster is a pretty good coach. So, yeah, I mean, but even think of like, so think of like the, we're talking a lot about Memphis, but they're just like their coach. I mean, what's his name? I can't even think of his name. Taylor, I, right? Yeah. But like, he's not even like a hip name that most people are going to talk about, but what he does is clicking with that team. It's all clicking right now and stuff. And then with Quinn, it's just, it's not clicking with the team right now for some reason. So, so with that, okay, let me, let me ask you a question. Do you, do you believe that the current roster respects the coach? Cause I feel like they don't, I, I don't feel like they're, they're following him as much. I, I, I feel like he doesn't have plays. He, it, it almost seems his whole system seems kind of, um, what was the Phoenix uh, coach back in the day that um, it Anthony. just, yeah, yeah, just jack up threes. Who's a very overrated coach. It, it's a, <laughs> it's it's just it feels just so gimmicky, right? It's like pass the ball along the perimeter, and eventually you're gonna get an open shot, and you're gonna take it. I mean, I I don't see any plays, I don't see any down screens, I don't see any anything like that. I, I does he have the ability to create those plays for these players to get wide open? You go back to you know one of the best coach or uh, one of the best coaches of all time, and and Jerry, right? They they always seem to have certain plays to get the ball moving and get it down low obviously though that was our strong suit back then and when that didn't work they were able to to play from the inside out and I don't think that Quinn has anything like that I think Quinn just has this kind of like hey we're gonna swing the ball five times and then you know once the fifth player touches it you're jacking up a shot I don't see any plays being drawn up ever yeah I don't know what the uh I mean you look at a lot of NBA teams and you're you know they run very similar sets I'm sh- uh, throughout the season, not to one another, but I think um, I'm, I'm. I mean, I'm sure he's coaching them up. As far as if they respect him, I don't know. I mean, at some point, a player has an issue with a coach, no matter what. Like throughout the history of basketball, like you know, you had D. Will and Sloan, you had uh, uh, Magic Johnson and the coach he had when they won their first title as a rookie. Like they, he got him out of there. Like. So I don't know. Uh, that's a that's a good question, but I don't know if we'd ever be able to. I mean, I'm sure that question will be answered after the season if there's a blow up or they get rid of players and coaches. But as of right now, I don't know. I think his biggest detriment is just his not being able to make those adjustments in the playoffs. It's a seven game series. You should be able to make some adjustments. Ty Lue looked like the coach of the year last year <laughs> in the playoffs when he changed the way that the Clippers were were doing their thing. So. Yeah, so, I mean, we'll just end the, this conversation on Snyder saying I think we can all agree that if if it is first round, second round exit for the Jazz, that he's his time in Utah probably is done. And, and keep it, I mean, just remember, I mean, this is his first head coaching job in the NBA, so I I don't think it'll be his last. He if if he if this is the end of his time with Utah, um, and I'm not even gonna try and start thinking about who should be the next head coach because I don't want that. I want to score the finals this year. So shut up, you. Listen, if Jason Kidd got another coaching job, yeah, Quinn will get another one somewhere. So, um, <laughs> Kidd yeah. is a great player. Do we have any other topics we want to go over right now? Or I mean, you're the you're the captain of this ship. I I would say this, Jazz fans. I know it looks very uh, grim, very scary right now. Uh, yes, two twenty plus point lead blowing uh, to twenty plus leads in a span of like a week is awful but uh I mean the playoffs are coming they're limping their way there as of right now there's still a couple of games left and I'm sure we're going to go over those here shortly but again it all comes down to the playoffs it all comes down to how the Jazz perform in the playoffs how Quinn makes those adjustments and that's what we just have to wait and see it sucks because you're in a little bit of a limbo phase right now not looking good but I think you'll be okay Luis go ahead and be 
Over dramatic? I, I want to. <laughs> no, it's over. I, we I'm suck. Not be, I'm not going to be dramatic. <laughs> I want to be optimistic. I want to say we all know what the damn problems are. Somebody find the damn solution, whether that is Donovan, whether that is Rudy, whether that is Clarkson, whether that is Conley. Somebody give us something. Somebody has to step up in the, even these last set of games to set the tone for the playoffs. If not, honestly, I see us swept. By the Mavericks, if oh, that's who we play. Boy. Okay. I mean, I can't see any other team. That it, I know that a while ago you said the Mavericks is probably a better matchup. I don't think that's the case anymore. I think any team would just <laughs> demolish us at this point. The way everything is going. There is no good matchup. Nobody knows how to play basketball in the damn Jazz. It's seriously, it, it, it looks like you're... You're at your local Vasa Fitness Center, and there oh, it's wow. just you have the one dude that wants to jack up shots all over the court, and that that's what I see out of the Jazz. Nobody's stepping up. Nobody's doing anything, right? Everybody's blaming everybody. Didn't he start off by saying, I want to be optimistic? Yeah. I do. I want to be optimistic. <laughs> I really do. I want to give him. I want to give him the lying. chance, but it's so hard because you can't see. I want to be positive, see. but. <laughs> I feel like this, this would have been, been easier to just say, what are the Jazz doing right because – they're doing everything else wrong. Wow. So let's let's key on that. I mean, in your guys' opinion, what are the 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 positives that the Jazz are doing right now? There isn't a lot to look at. Listen, that's There's not, nothing to look at. We're not here for the looking at that. I, we appreciate, man. That was that's exactly what we were looking for on this episode. It is, it, it's like you, you guys started by the sky is falling. No, the sky already fell. What the hell are we gonna do now? It's uh, the shit. Dark and hell is hot. We're to DMX. <laughs> we right. were we were looking <laughs> we were looking as contenders, and now we were potentially gonna be in the play-in game. Like, let's get serious about this. Let somebody figure this shit out or sorry for that, but or let's just end the season and do what we got to do. I, Holy smokes, that's terrible. All right, David. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it hasn't been good recently, but again, the playoffs come. We'll see how it goes. They, they definitely need to get a couple of wins in these next few games, and I think they get uh, one to two for sure. And we can go over those. But yeah, it's been it's been tough sledding for him that. Listen, losing to the Clippers with Paul George isn't a bad thing. In the fashion they lost, that's bad. Uh, losing to Golden State without Steph isn't a bad thing. They have players that can score and shooters. The way they lost is bad. I'll just say that. And that uh, that ends the roundtable there. We uh, got we need to bring like a, a jazz fan on, like someone just you know someone from time to time to give their perspective. Because yeah, I mean, I already knew Luis's, but. It's very entertaining. This is this is what the people like. This is how a show like Part of the Interruption has been on for years. So uh, we're going to take another break, and we'll be right back to look ahead to the upcoming, I guess, final really regular season games. Yep. And, uh, yeah, close out the show. So we will be right back. Hey, everybody. This is where a sponsorship would be. If you're a business and you'd like to sponsor this podcast, please send me an email and let's chat. Email me at jazznationnews at gmail.com. All right, and we're back. Thanks so much to our sponsor there for helping us out. Um, so let's wrap up today's podcast by looking ahead and basically looking at the end of the regular season for the Utah Jazz. We have four games left, three at home and one away game, which is technically actually a makeup game in Portland. Yeah, so the Jazz will be playing. The, we've talked a lot about the Grizzlies on this episode, and guess mm-hmm. what? The Jazz are playing the Grizzlies. They're playing them. This game's going to be interesting just because I wonder who for the Grizzlies they even play because they're pretty much locked in at their spot. So who knows if they play anybody. But, uh, what, okay, we'll do predictions based on the rosters that we think will be playing. Who do you think wins assistant to the host? I wanted to, last week I would have said the Jazz. The, again, I brought up the Grizzlies winning without Morant, without Desmond Bain, and then without, oh, Steven Adams. He was the other one who didn't play. This is a really, really, really good team. And 
I unfortunately, I'm going to go with the Grizzlies on this. Luis? I think the Grizzlies are what the Jazz should be, and we're not. So I think we do basically what we've always done, go up 15 points and then have a big letdown in the last eight minutes and Dang. lose. I forgot to mention, by the way, so the last game we played was this past Saturday in San Francisco, and then the Jazz have had two days off, and then they'll be mm-hmm. playing Memphis, if that matters to you guys, but I don't care. That's just going based off me saying that my prediction is the Jazz will actually win this game because they'll be well-rested, and they're going to come out and be like, oh, yeah? You think you're going to come in here and beat no, us, Memphis? Here. Well, check this out. Well, bam! Last time they said, uh, yeah, or you said they said, uh, yeah, they they lost to the Mavericks. And uh, so yeah, I'm gonna put put it down, mark it down, a dub, write it down, please. A w, w, got it for the Jazz. It's written. The next game, well, it's actually the following night. They will play the Thunder of Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. Um, let's. Is there a fun game? Can anyone name five players off the Thunder? No, we can't. No, don't even try. So, anyways, so the Jazz can, play the Thunder. Uh, Luis, who do you think wins the game, Jazz or Thunder? I think we actually get one, and we start getting our hopes. And dreams come back, but hopes and it, dreams. Yep, <laughs> oh. and that's a winning a championship. But we're not going to do it. So, I, I that's I think that's a win. Um, like you said, I can't name anybody on the Thunder because they 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 really just need to move that team. Oh no, they uh, they they, they listen. They're there. For what it's worth, they are set up nice for the future. Yeah, they're, they're in Oklahoma once, City. Once they start drafting, they are going to be. They got some picks. Amazing. They got some, Seattle. They got Shaquille uh, Alexander. Uh, uh, yeah, Jazz win. There's nothing to talk. Oklahoma I, City's bad, bad, my bad. Prediction? Yeah, I'll say Jazz win. Uh, next one, it's the uh, Friday game that everyone's been waiting for, but not really. It's the Jazz at home against the Phoenix Suns. And uh, spoiler alert, I bet the Suns play like nobody in this game because... I mean, why would they? Yeah, this is, it's probably their last game of the season, so... They have a seven-and-a-half game lead, So the second seed right It'll now. probably be the Jazz versus the, the Suns. Yeah, G League players. Yeah. With that being said, predictions start with you, assistant. Who do you think yeah, wins? Jazz get the dub. I don't know. I'm assuming no Booker, no Paul. Probably rest a couple other guys as well. So, yep. I think, yeah, Jazz win. I think, to be honest, we start resting people as well because we're probably locked in at the five seed at that point. I mean, I don't. It's too, it's I, I can't see us dropping any further, right? We should probably touch on that a little bit, but I think that's a Jazz win as well. And here's my crazy prediction of the week. <laughs> I, by the way, I don't have headphones in, so I don't know how loud that is. That was fine. You were more, yeah, you were a bit, um, you were a bit I much. say the Jazz win this game, too. That means they're undefeated that whole week in my book. Write it down. It's written. Yep, good writing. Uh, yeah, Jazz beat the Suns. That means they've won three in a row in my book, and they are on a roll. Bada bing, bada boom. Realist team in the Three room. in a row. Uh, so then the last game of the season, they make one last trip of the regular season to visit old Joe Ingles in Portland, even though Joe's not really there. He's back in Salt Lake. Nobody's um, in there. They're going to be playing there. the Portland Trailblazers, who have been like a not even a G League team. They've been like a wreck team because they really don't want to win right now. They even signed, I think they saw today, they signed like two people just to the, to the team because they're needing guys. So as well. Jazz at... The Trailblazers? Who do you think wins? Uh, the Jazz are going to win, yeah. And I, I want to make one thing clear, right? Do you need the air horn? No, no air horn. A lot of times uh, people, you, you comment on a team and you or you say something about a team and they're like, uh, and people will come back with, oh, you couldn't play. Well, yeah, I know, but I'm, you know, uh, I, I'm referring to this team as far as their talent level in the NBA. So don't, don't, don't come at me with that, okay? Uh, Jazz win. Go ahead. Wait, wait, what? I, I didn't understand that. 
Because a lot of times you'll say like, oh, yeah, these guys suck. They're like a rec league team. Oh. They, yeah. And, oh, well, you couldn't play. No, they're, yeah, they're way better than yeah, any of us. Yeah, there we go. There's That's a reason why they get paid to play and we don't. And we get yeah, why we're in a body armor to sit it. here and talk about it. Luis, what's your prediction? <laughs> I think they win. Same thing. I think you see a lot of our bench players. I, don't, I think we'll be resting at that point. There's no, there's, we're not going to gain anything from that. It's not like we're going to move up to the four seed. I think Dallas closes that out. Oh, we're probably sure. locked in five seed because we have the tiebreaker over Denver and uh, Minnesota. So I think, yeah, I, th- I think we win with our bench. I think you get a bunch of guys that need some minutes and maybe get some experience right before the playoffs and see what they can actually do. So I think Jazz win. Okay, so coming down to it, uh, Jazz. Oh, so do I not get to give my prediction here? I thought you, you already said they went against the rec league team. Yeah, I mean, you, you pretty that. much made I it. I didn't no. say f- officially. Okay, go ahead. This is my major prediction of the week. Yeah, they beat the Trailblazers, and that means they finished that whole week off, including this game, as Flawless all Ws. Victory. And when that happens, everyone's going to completely forget this past week when we were just like, everything sucks, screw everybody. Luis is like, to hell with the Jazz. They should probably lose one of the Zs. That's how bad they are. It should just be Jazz. Okay. You know, they're going to my, Can I get my point they're out real quick? Playoffs, <laughs> just like sunglasses on and just like, woo, woo. Okay. So the, the Mavs, as we recorded this today... Got a big win over the Bucks. Is it a big win? It's the Bucks. It's yeah. a win. It's, it's a big. Why wouldn't it be big? I don't They're know. They're the defending know. champions. Because the Mavericks suck. Screw the Mavericks. <sighs> the rest of the Mavericks schedules. I, I'm saying all this to say that the Jazz aren't going to catch them regardless if they win out or not. The Mavericks are going to play the Pistons. That's the W. Mavericks are going to play the Trailblazers. That's a W. And then even if the Mavericks lose to the Spurs in that final game, they're going to be too far ahead from the Jazz because as it is right now, they're two and a half games ahead. This is where it gets interesting. The Nuggets, they're playing right now as we record this. It's currently almost halftime against the Lakers. They're down one point. Then the Nuggets play the Spurs. Then they play the Grizzlies. Mm -hmm. Then the Lakers again. Mm. Jazz need to make sure they take care of business this week to not fall to that sixth seed. You need those three wins. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. Wait, is the sixth seed a play-in? No. No, okay. But you're uh, instead Memphis? of the instead of the Mavs, you're playing the Warriors. Oh, and Steph is probably back. So I, I wouldn't be against that. I wouldn't be against. So playing I guess Warriors. Let's, let's just end this. Oy vey. Let's end this today's episode. Just kind of going around real quick and just saying, based on that. So at this point, the math is kind of adding up that it's basically either going to be the Mavs or the Warriors for the Jazz in the first round, right? Mm-hmm. So based on that that mathematical equation, who would you rather see the Jazz play in the first round? We'll go to the assistant. They have to play the Mavs in the first round. If they play the the war the Warriors, if Steph is back, I mean, Quinn's getting fired. Rudy's yeah, out of here. Apparently, we, apparently we don't have up. to worry about even if they don't have Curry. We no, no, so. no. In the, in the series, you they have to have them. Okay, uh, going to the oh guest one note zone. though one note. Sorry, sorry. If they do play the Warriors though, the Go Bear uh, Green back and forth. That's a fun story. That'll be good. Fun. Okay, Luis, what do you say? You're gonna go against everything. I'm. I say the Warriors. I, I say Jeez, the Warriors Louise. is probably a better a, a better matchup for us right now. Dallas owns us. We have nobody that can guard Luca. Luca's gonna destroy whoever you put on him. You can't put who are you gonna put? Royce O'Neal. He's probably gonna drop forty points on him. Who are you gonna put? Jordan Clarkson for shit. He can't. He can't defend anything. You know what I've noticed I've gotta, about I've our, our, our guest, by the way. He he loves to do the you know ask a question and answer thing. You yeah. know when people do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, what are you going to do? You're going to do nothing. nothing. What are you going to do? You're I'm gonna... giving you the problem and the solution listen, at the same time. Listen, listen. No, what are you going to do? No, no, nobody, nobody's going to 
defend. Nobody's going to stop Luca from getting his points. You stop the other guys on the team, which I think you can very well do. You can stop Dinwiddie. You can stop Brunson. You can stop Davis Bertans. The Warriors with Steph back, you get Steph, you get Clay, you get Jordan Poole, all guys that can score. That's, you know, I... The, it has to be, and especially they can go. They can go small. I know the Mavs can go small in, in a way, uh, but not like the Warriors. It, it, the Jazz need the Mavs the first round. Yeah, but how do you? Again, Quinn. I don't. How, he doesn't know how to defend the Mavs. I don't know. You gotta. You gotta he shoot him a text. You gotta I, shoot him a text. Tell him how to do it. I, I need to. <laughs> Let me go find him real quick. Here's here's the answer to the question. Just to wrap this up, the answer is either team that we play is a. It's not, it's scary. <laughs> I, I still, I, I mean, look at it this There's week. your expert analysis. Look at, look at it this week. We played both of those teams this week and lost to both of them. Okay. And, yeah. and, Should and, we be talking about then, our early exit then? What, how many then, games is it going to take for us to be out of the playoffs? And then, so, I mean, at least in, in the Dallas game, was there ever a chance that we were in it? No. But at least with the Warriors, we were kind of in it, but they didn't have Curry, so I No, 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 wait. Go back. You were in it. You were winning the game. You with say the we. You say we. we. You are a we, my friend. You're in it okay. too. We. Don't take were yourself in out it. of this. We were up. You can't. By fair time. What was it? Twenty points. Fifteen points. Uh, and then you lost it. They I hit. I mean, it 10 was more than straight that. Straight twenty. Threes. Twenty plus points. They were up. Yeah. So I mean, my answer is either one. I'm nervous about. I mean, I know I've I've said it before. I got to stick with it. That probably the Mavericks would be the better. But either honestly, either team really worries me, and I just hope. Coach Snyder makes the adjustments that he's going to need to. All right, let's wrap this up because this has been quite a I cannot long wait for next week's episode. Next Golly. Week's, next week's episode is going to be a banger because <laughs> I don't know why. Um, anyways, let's uh, let's wrap this up like we always do. Assistant to the host, do you have any things that you got to let everyone know about? Yep. Will Wonderpod on uh, Wednesday, every Wednesday comes out. This week, I'm interviewing my good friends from the Beans and Rice podcast, the number one comedy podcast in Utah. So make sure you check that out. And that's it. <laughs> Beans and rice. Three Z's. They went one more than the jazz. Um, well, mazel tov to you and all your things you got going on there. Uh, Luis, you got anything you got to promote or get off your chest? Uh, no. Um, I want to fire queen jazz nation for having me yeah. here. Uh, even though the sky's falling, I like said, I want to be optimistic. Hopefully the jazz can pull it together, but odds are is we're not. I want to be optimistic. Um, yeah. Sorry. Shout out. Shout out to the wolf pack um shout out to my kids there you go uh, no, we're not it's not shout out time we're oh come on right, you cut, made him cut, come on here cut the mic on that one <laughs> well thanks for coming wow. on the show we appreciate it um thanks for everyone for listening make sure you're uh following subscribing rating telling all your friends to listen to the podcast the links for everything for the show and all our pages is at linktree.com forward slash jazz nation news. And we will see you next week for another exciting episode of the jazz nation podcast. Bye-bye. Go jazz. <laughs>